Hey guys, the show is about ready to start, but really quick, I wanted to grab your attention, tell you to have a pencil and paper ready. I have some very important information you're going to want to stick around for after the show regarding updated contact information, websites, and more. Everything's changed. Holy cow. What do I mean? Everything's ready to start. I gotta run. Stick around after the show and I'll get you filled in. Welcome to this podcast. Get ready. Here we go. GOST Radio proudly presents Random Illusions, the podcast where the occult community goes for its listening pleasure. I'm your host, Shasta Ray. Grab a cup of coffee, grab a cup of tea, or grab a glass of wine at the end of a long day if that's what you want to do. Kick back, settle in, and hang out with me for just a little bit while we chat it up about magic. Hello, magical friends and magical family. Welcome to episode 36 and part 3 of... Ouija October! Yes, we are jumping straight into part three of Ouija October. It has been a good month so far. I know you're all enjoying it because I've been getting downloads like crazy on this. I was not knowing what to expect on the whole Ouija topic, and it seems that there is a lot of people really fascinated. I know that there's been a few people over from my Ouija board Facebook group that's been kind of tapping in a little bit and giving us a listen here and there. So I want to welcome all of you that have found this podcast. Yay! Thanks for checking out the truth about Ouija boards as we dive into the information on this fantastic magical tool. It is not to be feared. Do not run in terror. It is a telephone to the other side. It's just a communication device. And I think you're going to be really interested in tonight's guest. Oh my gosh, Bal Kedmon is back on the podcast. Yes, for some fun discussion. He has a book on Ouija boards. But uh, yeah, we had a good time. He's been kind of hard to track down. He's been keeping really busy lately, but it was really good to hear his voice again. We had a great time. He was in the studio via Zoom. So let's, uh, let's just jump right into that. I'm getting anxious to present this. All right. Without further ado, live, pre-recorded from Zoom, Part three of Ouija October with none other than Bal Kedmon. And here we are. We have Bal Kedmon in the studio once again. Thank you so much for joining us today for Ouija October. Thank you so much for having me. I I, I can't wait to discuss this. This is a one topic that. I think not a lot of people discuss because I think there's a lot of mis- misunderstanding around it. Yeah, and a lot of myth turns into people think it's actual fact and they regurgitate right. stuff and don't even know where they heard it in the first place. And then just exactly. Yeah. So you have a book about Ouija boards regarding speaking to angels, which I've been putting a lot of focus on. What do you got to talk about that or your experiences or where do you want to start with this? Well, I think we should start first and why the Ouija board even has a bad reputation. Good point. Um, yeah, because I think that a lot of people don't understand. Like, like I've seen a lot of posts online and things over the years that, uh, you know, Ouija boards are going to, when you, you know, work with it, you're going to bring some spirit or devil into you and they're going to possess you and all this stuff. <laughs> and, you know, it was actually originally created, at, well, in the States, it was originally created as a board game. They were actually selling it to kids as a board game because it yep. was like a novelty. They still now, do. I know. Yeah, exactly. And so I think, well, no, I don't think I know the reason why it has such a bad reputation. And frankly, it's because of the movie The Exorcist. That's why. Because in The Exorcist, in the, in the movie, I think, I think the character's name was Regan. She, she had um, a Ouija board. And she was sort of playing with it and it moved on its own, right? It, 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 
It moved on its own. And then later in the movie, she gets possessed by the demon Pazuzu, right? Right. Which is, which is weird because Pazuzu is actually a protector of kids <laughs> in the tradition. So that doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, it's it's but, Hollywood logic is what it exactly. is. Hollywood well, that's logic. exactly it because Pazuzu would actually be against possessing children. But anyway, <laughs> we're, you know, it is Hollywood. So from that point on, and most people don't even know that that is why, the Ouija board became this object of demonic possession. You Error, might call, yes. Yeah, you might call some type of spirit in and they will possess you. And you know what? Prior to Pazuzu, uh, prior to Exorcist, there wasn't really that reputation for 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 Ouija boards. It was, it was commonplace. It was very commonplace. Absolutely. I mean, people were doing seances for hundreds of years before that. It was, it was like sort of the precursor to the Ouija board in, in the Western world, that is. And so just based on misinformation, the Ouija board is no, in, in many ways, is no different from the tarot cards or the runes in the sense that it's a tool to sort of connect to something. Exactly. You know? You know what I mean? So it's not, it's not going to, you're not going to get possessed by it. You know, that's all exorcists. And if you haven't watched exorcists, please do so, because then you'll see that episode where she's doing that. And by the way, it's a really great movie. I find it to be very funny. I do too. I have actually a little bit of trivia. A couple of years ago, I actually met Linda Blair. I've got exorcist one and two autographed by her and I have my picture taken with her. Oh my God. And she is, she is terrified of Ouija boards. If she finds out anyone is in the line to meet her, she will have assistants go through and make sure that people put their Ouija boards back in their cars. So she doesn't even look at them. People messed with her head after the fact. Mm, And now she has a paranoia and a fear of them. Wow. Yeah. You see it, it it, it even impacted her, even though she was actually just completely playing the part. Yeah. And I would love to, I tried to find one of those articles recently. um, But when I met her, she had an assistant go through and remove all the Ouija boards. You know, you guys got to put those in your car. She doesn't even want to see them. Get them out, get them out. And I've seen and heard interviews with her where she talked about it. And if I remember correctly, people got in her head after the fact, like, oh, well, that's, it's, you know, it's mean and demonic and it was going to possess you and you should be troubled by this. And they basically forced her to be in my opinion, afraid, you know, to this day, it's impacted her. You know, it's interesting because she was in a a spoof on exorcist on the exorcist called repossessed with um, Leslie Nielsen. Okay. And she played her, her reprise role. She played her role, but as an adult. (laughs) So it is interesting that she, she did that, but she's actually afraid of the, the, the Ouija board. That is very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but it is a tool. It's it's no different from any other a pendulum. I mean, it's really no different. Um, you can use it with any type of spirit you can imagine. That's why I used it with the Archangel stuff, because, you know, I thought it was time. And that was one of my early books. I still have to, you know, edit all the grammar, grammatical stuff. But the key concept is, is that it's a tool for communication. It's not, you know, it's not any different. Like I said, then from the pendulum, any different from the tower cards or the runes. I agree. You know, no difference. So there should be no fear about it. Um, it is because of its the false atmosphere around it. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice little spooky thing to do for Halloween, but it's not really spooky. I mean, it's just just a tool. And I know that might take the the air out of some people because people actually do want it to be spooky. They want it to be, Ooh, you know, the, the Ouija board is, you know, that's, that's almost forbidden. It's, you know what? It's just as forbidden as the rosaries are to other people that don't right. believe in Catholicism. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. So what, what kind of experiences led you up to writing the book that you did or do you have any interesting anecdotes or stories to tell messages that you got that were profound? Anything you want to share? Yeah. Um, because I generally, I mean, not generally, always, I always write about what I've experienced. Okay. So I don't like to write about theoretical things like, and just to prove that point, I have a book on Belial or Blial 
And I actually say, I've never really done rituals with him. And I actually say it in the book, therefore, there are no rituals in the book because I'm not going to present you with rituals if I've never done them myself. Good so, call. yeah. So in the Ouija board book uh, for the archangels, I have used it and I just experimented. And, and, the, and the archangels are not the only ones that I've used this with. I've used this with everything. I mean, I, I've tried every possible combination. I just never got to writing about those other ones. But it is an amazing tool because you, you know, you put your, your hand on it. And if you focus enough and you just tap it just lightly, something happens, you know, like you, you, you call whatever spirit, in this case, the archangels, and something happens. You often, it will move on its own but the real message, it may not spell out the full message, like in the movies where you see, okay, it's going to A and it's going to B and it's moving around. But often it'll move where the movement itself is just an indication that they're there. Right. Right. And then the rest of it can come through. That's why I say in the book also get a notepad or something to have something to write down any type of message you have, because obviously it's going to be difficult if it's going to A and then to C and then, and then you're going to write it down. Sometimes the Ouija board is just a tool to sort of focus that energy, get it in, get yourself sort of tapped in, and you might get a message in a more sort of clear audient way. You know, and some people get it through a clear visual, you know, where they also see something. So the, and some people actually do get a message through the Ouija board where it's going from one letter to the other. But really the just and this is where I do agree with some of those who say bad things about the Ouija board is that the Ouija board can be sort of a portal entry, like a tool to enter into that space. And then the spirits, the angels can then communicate through through it and through means outside of it so it's really just a, a tool but it's it's not like i said any more different than any other divination tool or any type of other spiritual tool and so for me i've gotten a lot of personal messages from it about things that i'm doing maybe to myself or in my practice that needs to be changed or needs to be enhanced and you know, I actually about three months ago, I used it again for some for a particular situation that I was finding myself in that I didn't use the tarot cards for. I didn't use the runes for. And I love runes, by the way. Runes, runes are, are awesome. I love them. They're my favorite. They're even more. I'm more. I, I actually love them more than the tarot card. Uh, the tarot cards really for me are, are typical. But um I found that the Ouija board was a nice way to sort of focus that energy and just push it out. And so it really is a great tool. And, and I think Halloween, you know, which is coming up uh, or on the 30th, right? It's the 30th, right? Halloween? 31st, 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 rather. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I think that's a great time because it's during that day where, you know, historically it's always been, you know, the, the day where the veil is very, very thin. Now, whether that is true historically or not doesn't really matter because so many people are focused on that day. It becomes true. It, right. it actually as becomes collective consciousness. Exactly. It becomes true. So it's as, as true as anything else. And so using it on that day might be a very interesting experiment. I've always had excellent, excellent experiences from the first time I ever used one. And one thing that I've done is I've just always gone forth with the understanding it was going to be a pleasant experience. And I've never had any negative spirits or negative attitudes come through or anything. And part of that is I think I just, it's not part of the equation for me. I'm only going to experience the positive and the uplifting, you know, so I kind of always go through sessions experiencing expecting that naturally. And what I've come to understand is people that have positive experiences like yourself, people that channel angels, they kind of have that same thing. It's like they're going to use this tool for good or for positive or for enlightening messages. And that's what they get. So it's kind of what yeah. you invite in or what you expect also. 
Yeah, exactly. And that's why you can use the Ouija board for more, I guess you could say, demonic entities if you want. And even those that are known to be uh, particularly aggressive, you can. I mean, again, it is a complete tool. That is it. You, it, you know what? It reminds me of a car. What is a car, right? A car is a tool. The, tool. the car, yeah, the car can take you to the hospital if you need to, to go, but it can also be the reason why you're going to the hospital. Exactly. <laughs> you see what I mean? And so all of these tools, tarot, runes, pendulum, and you know, and, and the Ouija board, it's it's exactly that. They're they're tools to be used in a certain way. If you come into it with fear, you know, you're going to experience some weird stuff. You're gonna experience things that will freak you out and you're not going to sleep that night. And, but it's very hard not to approach it with fear, especially if that's what you were brought up to believe. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's very hard. There's, there's really not much I could say that would help people not fear it because it's such an ingrained thing. I can tell you right now, look, there's really nothing to fear, but if you grew up with the conception that, the Ouija board is a a portal to to the devil, the portal to hell or whatever, to possession, then there's very little anyone can say that can help you with that. You just have to, you know, work with it. You're going you're gonna to have to work through that fear, through that, all the things that might make you feel worried about it and just try it. But, you know, if people are too afraid to do it, then obviously they shouldn't do it. Right. Yeah. If if, but, if they're really full of fear, it's maybe something to be kind of, yeah, think on it, read up on it, get a couple books, uh, talk to some people, you know, talk to yeah. some people that have a healthy attitude. But another thing is, if you're really fearful or if you're unsure, use it with a partner who has some experience and who has absolutely. a healthy attitude. You know, if you're going to go forth, like um, I remember a bunch of kids in high school saying they were going to have a party and they were going to try to channel the spirits of these mass murderers and stuff. It's like, why would you, why would you yeah, want why? to, you know, <laughs> there's probably a lot more fun people out there to talk to. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing is, yeah. I mean, if you're going to, I mean, that's the whole thing you're going to, if you're going to call upon, you know, spirits that are known, you know, mass murderers and stuff. Well, what do you expect? Yeah. I mean, they're not going to be truthful to you and they're not going to be a good conversation person. They're going to mess with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. What do you expect? <clears throat> I mean, and, and the thing is that, you know, it's like it's like people who, you know, drive under the influence. I mean, what do you expect is going to happen with that? You know, nothing good can happen from that. You know what I mean? It's like you, right. if you if you put yourself in a situation where you're taking risks, you know, undue risks just because it's fun realize that there's still risks, you know, so I wouldn't be, you know, channeling Jeffrey Dahmer into my Ouija board. I mean, there's no point in doing so. Why? Just because you want thrills? Well, okay, you're going to, you might get thrills, but you might never get out of those thrills. You yep. might, that, that might stay with you forever. And so the thing is that, why would you want to do that? Look, I mean, look, look what they did, like you said, to Linda Blair, right? Where it was just too much and now she can't even be around it. So, um, Reading your book, you've got some psalms to call on archangels. What if someone wanted to call on maybe the Shem angels or even a spirit of the Goetia, and they wanted to maybe um, make sure they got a hold of the right being? Do you have any suggestions on things people could do to maybe get themselves in the right headspace or get this tool working in their favor in that capacity? Yeah, well, if people are approaching it with a little bit of trepidation, but they want to stay within the confines of not only my book, but sort of like a more Western approach. I would say that, you know, doing the Psalms 91, the 91st Psalms is a good idea to create an atmosphere of protection of calm. And so I would definitely recommend that. But also, if you are going to call like the Shem angels or the 72 demons of the name, it's again, Psalms 91 is, is a great starting point for all of them. And then looking at the individual verses that correspond to those particular angels or to those particular demons, uh, which I actually 
mention in one of my courses, but you can also look online. I mean, I'm sure it's on there. And uh, that's a nice way to start. So, so really, in the end, it depends where you're coming from. I mean, it really, really does. I mean, you know, if you're coming from a place where the Psalms mean something to you, then what I just said really, you know, resonates. But if you're from a place where it, that doesn't really do anything for you, then you have to find something that will make you feel secure. Like, for example, I spoke to someone who was a Muslim, uh, I don't know, maybe about six or seven months ago. And he was like, look, I want to work with your work, but I don't know what to do, you know, because, you know, I was told that these are jinn and this is you know, forbidden for me and, and stuff like that. And, and what I told him was that, look, if you're going to do this, right, if you, if, if you are going to start with any type of spirit work, and this will apply for the Ouija board, that's why I'm mentioning it, then do what you feel is right in terms of your protection, right? So a lot of uh, Muslims will read the first chapter of the Quran, the Al-Fatiha. And that for them is a way to sort of introduce the protection and spirit of Allah. And then they can move forward into the more magical or esoteric things. So I think the best advice is, is to pick if, is there something that you feel that um, bestows protection for you that makes you feel secure? Incorporate that into this practice. Incorporate it um, because you want to feel, you don't want to just jump in. I mean, I'm all right. I'm, I'm more of the type that will just jump in, but <laughs> a lot of people are not. Yeah. And um, I think that what they need to do is find what helps them focus what helps them feel secure, use that as an entry point and then jump in. Otherwise, they might feel like a, you know, like almost like they're jumping into a black hole. Whereas when you start a ritual, any ritual for that matter, whether it be the Ouija board or anything else, if you start with something that you that feels that is anchoring to you, that it anchors you, it grounds you use that and then move forward. Good now, point. It, Good point with the psalm yeah, also. Yeah, yeah. So I just think that, and if you don't have that anchor point, if you don't have anything that you've ever felt comfortable with, whether it be religious or not, then you make up something, you know, make up something in your mind that you feel like, you know what I used to do? Uh, this is way back, way, 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 way back. When I first started, I sometimes would say a little, almost like a little prayer, you know, like I'd be like, look, I'm, you know, I'm sort of experimenting with this right now, you know, protect me, God protect me, you know, something as simple as that. And, you know, and that's sort of what started me out because remember I didn't have before the occult, I, I had this sort of hodgepodge of Judaism and you right. know, Catholicism. So that's how I started and where I was like, look, God, protect me, but I really want to explore this. And then in time, it just it just morphed into its own thing. And and now and then I got to a point where I realized there's really no need to, you know, for me to do that anymore. I'm I feel, you know, positive in my own power. I feel strong. I can communicate with these spirits and I will just do it. Uh, but in all my books, every single one of them, I right from the perspective that the person who's reading it has no experience at all, um, has never seen this at all. <laughs> right. And that's what I like about your work is it's, it's really to the point, but it's very easy to understand for no matter who's reading it. That's why I like it so much. No, thank you. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the whole point. I mean, and, and I find that that is the key and I've, I've gotten so many emails already and messages that the key is if you're going to master the occult or at least be successful in your occult endeavors, you need to first understand. And, and it has to be in a way that, you know, is accessible. Otherwise, it's just, you know, it's, it's like, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be as hard as learning another language. Right. And it should be fun, too. It should be enjoyable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because if you're, if you're really struggling, and you're really, um, 
you know, straining to to work your magic. It's it, yeah, find a different direction on the magic. Maybe that's just not your path. Maybe you need to follow a different tradition or something that makes more sense with your, you know, your own personal filters and everything in the mind. Exactly. Exactly. That's the most important thing. And I've always told people this from the beginning. It's like, you know, question, question what you were taught, question the ideas of good and evil, question all of these things. Because, you know, when you look at the ancient uh, religions of the past that are still very present with us, the conception of good and evil were very blurred. You know, you can have Isis who will, who is very loving and will teach you. But at the same time, she blackmailed Ra into giving up his, his real name, you know, otherwise, you know what I mean? Otherwise mm -hmm. he was going to be killed by the, the serpent, you know, the poison from the serpent. So to realize that that's actually how life is, you know, if you go into nature, trust me, that tick doesn't give a damn how religious you are or that, <laughs> or that bear or whatever, they don't care how religious you are. You know what I mean? Um, right. Nature is neutral and it has the wrathful aspects and the peaceful aspects. And that's what spirit is too. Spirit has wrathful and peaceful aspects. And we have to be okay with that because the minute we're saying, oh, oh God is all good or Satan is all bad, you've actually lost your path there because it's actually not true. Because if you read the Bible, I don't know, Yahweh is, is pretty tough. I'm not sure who we should be more afraid of Satan or, I know. or Yahweh, you know? Yeah, I mean? there's some so, stories in there. It makes yeah. you really go, whoa. <laughs> yeah, because Satan actually didn't do anything in the Bible. I mean, what did he do? He caused, you know, Balaam's ass to talk to him. You know, oh, whoa, oh my God, that is, that's evil. But meanwhile, Yahweh, you know, you know, puts, you know, torches people and you know what I mean? So, so we have to be, this is why there's critical thinking is very important to, to always question the beliefs because you'll actually find that you have a lot more wiggle room and a lot more freedom than you think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I agree. And, you know, I mean, just, so we're, we're talking about Ouija October, but you've also, I mean, to me, a Ouija board, like you said, it's a tool, it's a divination tool. You've also got a couple good books on different ways to use tarot cards for spell work, as well as you have a pendulum book. Do you have a runes book? I have not seen a runes book by you yet. Um, it's actually been in production for oh, okay. a, very, a very long time. It's been a few years. I actually even have the cover. I have everything. Um, but I haven't gotten to it yet because there's so much on my plate. Yeah. But um, I mean, the cover is great. I mean, I, 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 that's one of the covers I actually do like, really love. And um, yeah, I have information on it. It will be forthcoming. I, I don't know exactly when that will be, though. Well, I look forward to that. I do like your tarot book because I've been collecting all different kinds of tarot books. I'm going to start up on some tarot stuff in the future with this podcast, but I like how you kind of step outside of the box with your use on those with just performing magic with it. I know people do that, but you don't hear about it as much. I've also got some books on how to use tarot to open up your imagination, which helps with magic. Mm -hmm. And I'm always going to my pendulum. So yeah, I'm going to be covering your books with that. But it's just a tool. And I know people that are fearful of tarot cards. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. um, but it's it's what you make of it. And then it's how you interpret the messages you're getting from it, too. So, yeah, well, I think fear in general, any type of fear when it comes to the occult has something to do with residual religious background. Because otherwise, there's no reason to fear it. Because what who created the fear of the occult? the synagogues, the church, the mosque, that if you're not, if you did not grow up in those, uh, under those, the spell of those, you probably wouldn't fear the tarot cards because I have friends that are atheists. They don't fear tarot cards at all. Whereas I have friends that are Christian or Jewish. They're like, Oh no, no, no. That's, that's, that's forbidden for us. Yeah. That's you know what I mean? Experience too. Yeah, exactly. So, so I think that people need to understand that to, to question their fear. Where does the fear come from? Uh, that's That was what freed me was when I realized where my fear was coming from early on. And I have two podcasts about this, YouTube rather, and uh, where I discuss about how the fear distorts 
how you interact with the occult. And if you are growing up in a, in a Western household that had even a modicum of Christianity or Judaism in it, you're going to fear the occult. I mean, there's going to be this residual fear. Absolutely. And so you should question it because, you know, just because you were told something is true doesn't necessarily mean it is. And so I, I highly recommend people to question their fear, to, to honor it. First of all, honor the fear. It's fine. You are allowed to fear, but you have to question it. You have to you know, honor it first and then question, okay, where does this come from? Where does this come from? Is it rational? Is it not rational? And am I my own person? You know, am I my own person? Am I going to just, you know what? Let me just try. Let me just see. You know, because if God is all loving and all protecting, there is nothing wrong with exploration. There's nothing wrong. People should explore. You know, I found that Judaism wasn't for me, you know, but I can still practice certain Jewish practices in magic. Exactly. You know, Catholicism, my, my mom's side, isn't for me, but I love working with the saints. You see what I mean? It's like, and I love it. And I can work with, I, I have Isis and Mary on the same altar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I mean? I'm very eclectic and I've always been, you know, if I learn something about somebody or their spiritual path and it works for me or it makes sense, I absorb it. I mean, why Absolutely. wouldn't you? I don't have to be Buddhist to take in some of their philosophies and think it's a really good way to live life, you know? Absolutely. And the same applies. I've learned something from every Every friend or every acquaintance I've ever had that told me about their spiritual path, I can always learn something from it. Maybe that entire path isn't for me, but I can learn something from how their faith works or what works for them, you know, and it, exactly. maybe it sparks me to learn something about them or become a better friend in some way. There's always good to become of it. I don't understand why people always have to fight about this stuff. <laughs> you know? I know because, because it's, 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 there's all this factionalism, you know, and, and that exists in the occult, unfortunately too. I mean, you have people are like, Oh, well, we're Luciferians, but we're no, we're Satanists and we're this. It's like, look, are you guys making a religion out of this or what? <laughs> You know what I mean? So, so the thing, see, that's the thing. You just ran away from a religion that was oppressing you, and now you created a religion that's oppressing others. Okay, that doesn't make any damn sense at all. And well, so, and, you know, I really love what you just said about the fear. You know, question your fear, see where it's coming from. I've seen that just even working with the spirits of the Goetia, people get really scared of them. It's like, well, I see other people working with them, but I'm terrified of it. Well, you know what? Don't work with them until your terror goes down a little bit. Study it a little bit. Learn about yeah, it. Exactly. Open your eyes. See if it's for you. Nobody's forcing you to work with something while you're in a state of fear. And to me, it would insult those spirits. You know, well, you know wait until you're not quite as worked up and then approach it from a neutral standpoint. And you're going to get yeah, good results, you know? Exactly. You know, in, in one of my books, and this is the lesser known book, but people have have read it, but it's lesser known is The Magical Moments of Now. It's a lesser book. No one, ha you know, and it's not very popular. You know why? Because it, it tells people what they don't want to hear. And oh, I love that. What was the name of it again? The Magical Moments of Now. And it's been out for years. What I say in that book is that the conception of good and evil and being and, and, and paying false homage to spirits like it. Basically, the book is about don't be fake. Don't be fake. Be real with these spirits. And I actually say in the book, and I don't know, is, is, is this podcast PG-13? Because you can say whatever you want. It's my podcast. So okay, you're my good. guest. You can say whatever you want. So I say, and this is going to be very, very controversial <clears throat> for some people, but I say when you get really raw with spirits and with your conception of God, when you can say, you know what, God, fuck you, that's when everything changes. That's when everything <laughs> changes. You know why? Because these spirits don't want your false reverence. They don't want you to be like, oh, oh, please, spirit, you know, if it is good in your heart. To, no, 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 fuck that. What they want you, they want you to be you. They want you to be raw. They want you to be like, look, I fucking hate my life and I fucking hate being in this situation. And you know what? And fuck you for, for not coming to my side, even though it may not be that. But that's what they want. They want you to be raw. They want you to be emotional. They want you to be 
to powerful with them because that's who we are. We are emotional beings. We are uh, beings of power and they want you to, they are okay with you being angry. They are okay with it They because they want you to express your passion. Because I notice whenever I express my passion and I'm just like raw, like, you know what, spirit, I don't get, I don't understand what the fuck's going on here. I don't know what you want. You know, I've had moments like that where you're just, you're screaming, you're screaming you're for help. Screaming. And that's when you get your help. That's when you get your help. Exactly. Because they don't want false reverence. You think they can't see through that? Like where it's like, oh, you know, my God. Oh, honor, you know. And, they, and they're using all these reverential terms. Like somehow these spirits are like, okay, I already know your, what's going on in your head. You know, so it's like, but they somehow they treat them like humans, like they can't read your mind. So the thing is that they're like, oh, no, no, I don't mean any insult. No, maybe you fucking do. Maybe yeah. you do. And you know what? Whenever I got angry, whenever I got personal and I was like, you know what? Fuck you guys. You know, I did everything. And all of a sudden, boom, everything happens. Everything falls into place because I let go of fear. I let go of fear and, and, and allowed myself to be real with these spirits, to be the anger that I had for them. And, and it's the other way too, the happiness too. I had a, a yeah. great big miracle the other day and I was like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know what? Like, God, you guys were so fucking great. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing. That's what they want. They don't want a rehearsed. Okay. Let me make sure I say this prayer correctly. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. You want to do it? Fine. That's fine. But be you. I was having I was having a conversation real similar to this the other day with someone. And I said, you know what? One thing that's going to always help is when you say thanks, make sure that you mean thanks. Don't just go through the and you and I talked about this the first time you were on. Um, I'm walking down the street. I find a penny. I celebrate that penny like it was a lottery win. And I feel it. And it may seem weird. But when you open yourself up to view everything is the same value and you give thanks no matter what it is, it changes you and it changes everything on the game. Absolutely. Everything Absolutely. opens you up differently. It opens you up to be heard differently. Communication changes up everything. When you're honest with the spirits about how you're feeling and then, you know, don't go through the motions. Don't go, oh, well, I got this. I have to say thanks. Feel it. Allow yourself to feel it. Some people, I think they just don't allow themselves to feel it, you know? Yeah. And, and you know what? And if they don't feel it, let them acknowledge it. Let them acknowledge it because the thing is that you cannot lie to spirit. You can you can say all the words and the platitudes that you want, but they know. They know. What do you think they don't know? So that's why I'm like, you know what? When you do your magic, be raw as you can be because that's what they want. They want you to be you. They want you to be authentic. And by, by reciting, you know canned things you know it's nice if you want it as a base but if you want to really really make a connection you just gotta be you that's it i mean you gotta be you and even authentic even if you're on the ouija board you gotta be respectful to who you're speaking to and you gotta be real with whoever it is whether it's a a deceased human or a higher being or anything you got to be real with them and be honest with them too absolutely they're going to see they're going to see your energy patterns they're going to see everything they can see us from a different perspective that we can't see them you know yeah and 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 you actually insult them by using canned formulas you know you really will respect them when you come to them as yourself you know as you as who you are and it's okay to be raw. It's okay to be in a situation where you know what, you are fed up. It's okay. It's okay because the thing is that they know your heart, they know your mind, and anything, your words, whatever you say, they'll always look at your mind, they'll always look at your heart. So you might as well be true when you call upon them in any fashion, whether it's Ouija board rituals or, or what have you. Because they aren't human in the same sense that they don't get the, the quote unquote insulted in exactly the same way. Right. And, you know, they know your heart. So you might as well just approach them honestly instead of 
pretending and going through the motions because that's not going to work. And another part that goes hand in hand with that is if you are communicating and you are asking for answers, be open to the answers you get. Don't try to put words into their mouth, especially with the Ouija board. Let it play out. Let it say what it's going to say. And then ponder it. Just because you may not like a message doesn't necessarily mean it's a negative message. Exactly. And and not only that, we also have to understand that these messages also have nuance to them. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes something comes out a certain way and you're like, okay, I'm interpreting it this way, but just be open that it could be something else. I mean, I think there was that story when this one king ruler came to the to Adelphi for a uh, wanted to know what the outcome of a war would be, and it said something to the effect that someone will be crowned king, and the the person who went to the Adelphi, you know, interpreted as it was them that it was them that they were the ones that going to be crowned king, but in fact they were the ones defeated. the The enemy was the one who's <laughs> But because they interpreted it through the lens of how they wanted to hear it, they missed the message. And so that happens with spirituality a lot, where we want something so bad to show up in a certain way that we don't see the full picture. Like maybe it's going to come in a different way. Right. And it might, but it's going to come, but it's going to come in a different way. And we just have to be open to it. You know, if you're open to it, because, you know, like the other day, you know, I was agonizing over something. And even I, after all these years, you know, I still have those moments, you know, I still have those moments where it's like, oh, you know, I really need this or that, you know, it's like, you know, and I want this situation to occur. And I just, I just think that's human nature, you know, and, and then I caught myself and I was like, no, no, I'm not going to be going down that path. What I'm going to do is like, okay, I did my ritual. I did everything. I was like, okay, this is how ideally I want this situation to turn out. But you know what? After all the magical experiences I've experienced where things happened to me that were actually better than I imagined, <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm going to let spirit take care of this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go, not be attached to the results. And you know what? It is very hard. I've, I've been in this for over 30 years and I still fall to that. You know, I still fall to the moment like I want it this way. This has to happen this way. And it's not very often, but it does happen. Oh, yeah. You know, you like got, said, if you're a human, it's going to happen. I, exactly. I'm always having stuff where I'm just like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, I did get a result. Oh, my gosh, that was better than what I thought. Exactly. I'm all the time, you know, yeah. and I've got a yeah. pretty open mind and I try to look at things at the positive and everything. And um, I'm always looking, you know, for those results to manifest without, you know, just searching for them. But sometimes they creep up on you and you're still just like amazed. It's like, oh, wait. Oh wow, I did get a result on that. Exactly. And it's and it's so huge. I mean, I've I've had so many situations like, you know, holy moly. I mean, that that really turned out really well. You know, thank God it didn't turn out the way that I wanted it to, you know. And uh yeah, so I think people need to be open to that. I, I it's very hard because a lot of people do come to magic to it to experience very specific results. And so it's hard for people to be like, not be attached to the result. I get it. But uh, actually, if you did, I mean, there's no easy way to say detach from the results. There's no easy way. It's something that you sort of develop in time as you get more familiar with how the spiritual world works. And then you realize, okay, you know, these spirits sort of know a little bit better than we do about how something will turn out. And so this is where I guess in some way I had to use the term faith, but I guess you could use that term in the sense that you need to, or or better term is trust. Um, Yeah. Trust the spirits that you're working with. Yes. You can come to them and give them a very specific result but allow them to allow them some wiggle room because they might give you something so much better that only in retrospect, you'll figure it out. It's better. I hear and, you. But you will, as long as you stay mindful. Yeah. You know, and I mean, some of this, whether you're working magic or you're getting a weird message through a Ouija board or a result with tarot cards or something, some of the fun of this is the surprises that you get that is out of what you expect you know, out of that spectrum, I should say. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. It's, it's, there's always something new that's surprising me in ways that I didn't expect. And I don't know, I think it makes life better. Yeah. And I think it makes it more interesting too, because, you know, these spirits are, they're not robots. You know what I mean? They're not, you know, it's not like you put code in and you're going to get a predictable code out. It's, these spirits are working with your life. Mm-hmm. They're not working in a code. They're not working like A plus B equals C. It's, I know that we, we often like to use sort of coding with the universe and stuff. And that's, you know, it's true for some some aspects. But the spirits are working with your situation, with your life. And so you need to trust that there's going to be some type of, that they're going to work in your favor in some way. But because we are very desperate for results, uh, especially results that we want specifically, it is hard. It, uh, I'm not going to say it's it's easy to detach from from our our main goal for a ritual. It is very hard. But realize that there's always you have to trust them. You have to trust that they're going to know how the best way to do it. And I've in every one of my situations. I've always looked back. Sometimes I would get exactly what I want. And many times I got so much better, but I had to be open to it. And it's just amazing. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You didn't give this give this to me the way that I wanted. Right. Um, you know, and that alone, if they don't give it to you, that actually might be an answer to your ritual. I've because, had that happen. Yeah. Um, and that was very early on. You start asking for grandiose things that really are not going to fit in your life or it's a situation that's just not healthy for you or something and it just fizzles out. And then it's like a little while later, it's kind of like those results. You you have that, oh my gosh moment, like I actually did get the result and the result was a no and it was actually the best result I could have got. Yeah, exactly. You know, I've had that happen a few times. And it's kind of humbling, but then you're very thankful for someone having your back. Exactly. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned that it's, I spoke to someone about a few weeks ago. They were like, um, they asked me, look, what uh, ritual can I use to win the lotto? I want to win the lotto. And that's a very, you know, popular, (laughs) popular request. So I asked them and and they were frankly very honest with me. So I, I really appreciate it. It made my life actually a lot easier when I was speaking to them. I asked them, are you good with money? They said, no. I said, so why do you want the lotto? You're going to be just as bad with it. Actually, you'll be worse because if you are as bad as you are now with money and you're going to be just as bad with a million dollars, you're actually going to get yourself into more debt, actually. Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh, oh, shit, you're right. Because if I I would just be just as bad, just with more money and it would actually make me more, make it more complicated. I said, so do you really want that million dollars now? I'm like, no, I don't. And I was like, so what do you want then? And they were like, well, I actually don't know what I want now. And I said, well, maybe you should do a ritual on learning how to respect money, how to uh, work with money, the energy of money, and to figure out why you might not be good with money. Why is it? I mean, was it because you were raised in a family that whenever you had emotional issues, they just gave you money, they just bought you toys just to keep you quiet? Or because that's sort of how my family was, right? I right. mean, my my father was like, oh, well, he's unhappy, buy him a toy. You know what I mean? I bought, he got me these Tonka trucks when they were made out of metal where you could like get te- <laughs> tetanus from just touching the damn thing, right? <laughs> and, and, and so I was raised in a situation where, oh, the kid's unhappy, give him money. So I understand that. So then you don't have the value for money. So you know, obviously I've worked my way out of that, but you know, there was a time in my life where I had no value for money because of that. And so whenever I had money, it just flew through my hands. I mean, I, you know, it's just like, oh, it just came out. So you don't want to win the lotto when you have that mindset. You don't want to do it. So I convinced them to do a ritual and to do some internal practice on the, what money is, what it represents to them, because I'll, I told them getting the lotto would probably be the destruction of your life. And so they had to pull back and then realize, holy shit, I don't need the million dollars. I need to change my perspective. That's exactly what happened. So, so it's things like that, that I think people need to be conscious of when everyone says, you know, I want to win the lotto. Think about it. Are you prepared for it? 
you know, because people think, oh, of course I'm going to be, are you kidding me? I'm going to, I'm going to be so smart with, you know, have you been smart with the money you have? No. So what makes you think <laughs> you're going to be smart with $10 million? Nothing. No, and nothing. when you blow it all on a bunch of expensive things that you can't maintain because you don't you have any money ma- left over to maintain exactly. them with. It's maintenance. No one's thinking about maintenance. Everyone's maintenance, like, oh, I'm going to buy them. Taxes. Yeah, everything. Exactly. No one's thinking about it. That's why 95 or what is it? 98% of lotto winners end up not only losing, going through all that money, getting in debt because now the banks actually lent the money because they had so much. And now they're worse off than they were because their mentality wasn't ready for it. And most people don't realize that they're not ready for it. They're just in that moment of, oh my God, I need that money and not realize. And and that might be true. And, you know, God bless them. They should get money to relieve their situation. But if your mentality is one where you have a dysfunctional relationship with money, you are going to attract a million times that dysfunction with every dollar that you bring, that you try to manifest. You manifest a million dollars, you're going to have a million dysfunctions right there. (laughs) You know what? I've I've done a couple of things. First off, I started putting all of the past year, I put all my change into a great big, huge piggy bank I bought at a thrift store. The amount that I've been accumulating and the way it's changed my head into just pack ratting a little bit of money away and how much that can change, uh, how much change can change. That's been one thing. I've been doing another money challenge where I put money into savings every week and the amount that I've saved is phenomenal. And then when mm. I've been doing money magic, I do it for an end result instead of money. So like I needed a new fence on the back of my property. So I did magic for that and the money followed. You know, absolutely. it came together. I got 0% on credit cards. I paid half of it off first. They came in, put the other half up. They did more work than I expected. Um, so I got more value for my money and um, I can pay it off at 0% interest on a year and a half for the it's second essentially half. cash. It's essentially yeah. you paid it with cash just in, uh, you know, in the future. And 0% I, I couldn't like paying cash. And when I started that magic, I had no idea where the money was going to come from or yeah. how that was going to come together or how I was going to make that event on my property take place. But it just, it flowed. And then I got some extra uh, sales from work and it helped with some of that. And uh, yeah, it was a beautiful thing. Yeah. So sometimes instead of wishing for a million dollars, wish for things that's going to make your life better and then see if the money follows and fills in the it gaps absolutely. to make those things happen. Yeah, because money is a tool. Remember, money itself is not the means. It's what money can buy, yep. what money can do. So think about the things that you want. And I'm not talking about Lamborghini. And all. I mean, if you want that, sure, that's fine. But first start with what you need. And then move out, you know, move out from there. So because I like how some people who have no money at all that that are struggling and they're like, I really want a Lamborghini. No, no, no. That's the wrong. (laughs) That's the wrong way to do it. First, get yourself a, a, a passion or something. Manifest a passion into your life where you can make money. That will that will enrich you, not just so you have a car that you probably can't even pay the payments for. Even if you got it for free, you still couldn't pay the insurance payment for it. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like I think <clears throat> I think people are aiming on a very small way. Their their, their target is very uh, very small. You know, it's like they're not really aiming for what they need. They're aiming for what they want, and that's fine. You can. But when it comes to money and things like that, you need to to create a foundation. You can't just build a house over dirt. You have to actually put the foundation in. Otherwise, when a big strong wind comes, that whole house is gone. There's no foundation. Yeah, and that goes with with anything, not even money magic. You're going to build anything or work towards anything. Make sure you start at the base of the problem or the base of the situation and build up. You're going to have so much more luck with your magic working and everything. Oh my gosh. And then even with some of this, um, like divination and everything, start with the basics, start with very simple steps and work up so that when you do want really good tarot card readings or, uh, rune readings or work with the pendulum in different ways, or even the 
channeling angels with a Ouija board or Ouija anything, board. it takes a little bit of practice and a little bit of an open mind. And Absolutely. sometimes people run into, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Well, look at your foundation. Look yeah, at, exactly. look at how you're approaching it and yeah. tweak, tweak the situation accordingly until you find something that does work for your best interest and then exactly. be positive. Exactly. Because a lot of people will start these divinations like, I am the prophet of these spirits. No, 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 no. That's a little too much. <laughs> uh, you know, start small. Say, listen, I just want a small communication to know that you're listening. That's it. And then end the session. You know, don't, it doesn't have to be that every session you start, it has to be some grand message. Like, my goodness, the heavens are going to open up now and all this information is going to be coming pouring down on me, you know, through the Ouija board or through any other divinations. You sometimes, like you said, you have to start small, start first, make the connection next time, go further, you know, there each you time go. a little bit. And then also um, sometimes your head's going to be full of stuff. You're not going to get a communication through. Absolutely. It won't happen. So even, even with these communication devices and everything, you still have to build a little bit of a foundation, see what works. And that goes back to some of that eclectic magic. See what works. What works for me may not work for you. What works for you may not work for the next guy. Exactly. And exactly. Um, then, you know, where's your expectations with this? Are you putting in a bunch of negativity? You might not have good communications with a divine angel if you're going to sit there and be grumpy you know, and, and right. project a bunch of negativity about your lunch or something. Right. <laughs> Right. Because if you feel that they're going to work for you, you can't be coming into it in a negative way. You, know, yeah. you, you sort of have to be like, OK, I'm coming with the expectation that, you know, I'm going to get something. And, and again, it could come in any possible way. It could come in a dream. It could come in just like synchronicities that happen. That's a good know. idea, though. You know, just see if you can get a small movement out of the planchette and then see what yeah. kind of thoughts you get. I don't think anyone I've talked to about Ouija boards thus far has ever had that specific advice. I think that is absolutely something people should keep in their head. You know, you may not always get movement out of that planchette, but you may have made connection with that spirit you're trying to make. Exactly. And, and they may hear you. You may be able to make a request, too, if you're talking to a Shem angel or someone that you need to make a request of. Well, yeah, exactly. Because I think that because people are micro focus on one thing that they said okay if it doesn't come through the ouija board it means it didn't work that's not necessarily true and this is why you need to like you said open your mind because they might come to you in a dream they might come to you in a thought and that you know that maybe not is not something that you uh, were expecting but because people are like well if it didn't show up on the ouija board it didn't happen that's not necessarily true that's mm -mm. Uh, you know, yeah. it, they communicate in all different ways. That's why I'm saying always remain open to the answer and the method in which the answer comes, because it may not come through the Ouija board. The Ouija board, like I said, could be the portal to open the connection, and then they might answer in a completely different way. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, That's the sort of thing people just don't think about sometimes. I've actually had tarot card readings stimulate thoughts later on and i would have other Absolutely. realizations people really limit themselves and you shouldn't just stick yourself in tiny inside a tiny little box of thinking you know absolutely and and it may come to something that here again makes sense to you but the next guy it may not filter through their mind that way they may have a different result so yeah absolutely absolutely so it's just you know keep your mind open and realize that these spirits communicate in all sorts of ways. It could be something so subtle. You could walk through the, the street and all of a sudden you found like a, you find like a flower petal on the ground, you know, especially in New York mm -hmm. city, you're not going to find many flower petals on the ground. Right. So all of a sudden you find one. It's like maybe that's something, you know, and especially if all of a sudden your attention is drawn to it so that the, there's, there's, you know, synchronicity. That's, that's the key word. Uh, the, the synchronicity when you find things that happen, to you that are not easily explained, that could be a result of the un, quote unquote unsuccessful Ouija board session you had the night before. Yeah. And it could be just be a means of, of that spirit saying, Hey, 
we had connection. We just need to work at it again. But here's your sign. And you'll always understand those signs. It's always going to click in your head. It's always going to click. Absolutely. That's what, that's what makes synchronicity so important because a synchronicity is only a synchronicity if you see it, you know, if, if, it, if it resonates with you. It will be a synchronicity that you will know you cannot ignore. Nice. I have had so much fun, as always, talking to you again. I should probably let you get going back on your day, and I should probably get editing this. Um, right, are we yeah. going to have you on again for the Ball Cadmone infomercial on your <laughs> occult courses and your video courses? Uh, sure, if you'd have me. That'd be yeah, good. I would love to talk about that because I've got the links up, and I haven't really talk to the listening audience about your courses yet. And I would love to have just a quick little recap so they can hear it from the man himself and touch on your crypto course that you just came out with too. Cool. Cool. I'd love to come back. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I hope you have some fun plans for Halloween. Um, so, you know what? Right now it's only uh, Reese's peanut butter cups. That's my I plans. think that's, that's a really good plan. <laughs> I think that's an excellent plan. Yeah. Stick with and that. Reese's pieces too. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's uh, nothing special. But I might. I might. I've been invited to a couple of Halloween parties. But now in the age of Corona, it's like this weird, yeah, weird situation. So I was going to go as a plague doctor. I was like, eh, maybe too soon for that. <laughs> um, even though I did a few years back. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, exactly. That'd be fun. Exactly. All right. Well, you get All back right. to life. I'll get back to Thank life. You. I'll get editing and um, I'll be hitting you up on Facebook Messenger in a little while. So be looking All for right. that. All right. Talk to you soon. Thank you for having me. It's good to hear your voice again. You have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye. Oh my gosh. Another great guest spot. I had so much fun and he has the best perspective. I loved everything he had to say in that conversation. You know what? Go back and see where those fears you might be having come from. See where they stem from. See if they're logical or not. See if you can work on that. And then, you know what? It's it's really no different than any other divination tool. It's just a different shape. It works a little different. But you're channeling the same energies and the same knowledge and um, those same guides and everything. But it, it can do so much more. It really can. And you know what? The past few times I've gotten mine out, I get those little tiny wiggles and blips and tiny micro movements that don't really amount to much, but I have been getting a little bit more insight lately, and I'm going to start focusing on that a little bit, see what I can get out of that, and see what maybe information or um, synchronicities or signs that I get in days to follow after a session. I had never thought about doing that before. Really great information. A lot of fun, a lot of insight there. All right, so down in the show notes, I am going to put a link to his Ouija board book for anyone that wants to check that out, as well as the other book that he mentioned in that conversation. And um, also, you might want to check out the friends and guest link on the podcast website, www.randomillusions.com. I do have a section for Ball Cad Moan with some links on there you can check out. And also, if you would like to check out the occult video courses link. All of his courses are listed there. He just recently came out with a cryptocurrency video course. Uh, I might want to check that out if you're interested in cryptocurrency. But uh, yeah, go check out those links. Thank you once again, Mr. Balkadmon, for your time, your information, and all of that amazing insight. It is truly appreciated. Thank you so much. And for all of you out there, I got to say, make sure that you are back here same time, same place next week. You don't want to miss the grand finale. Oh my gosh. The queen of Ouija herself is on the podcast. None other than Karen A. Dahlman is in the house. Holy cow, how lucky are we to have her. If you have not checked out her YouTube channel yet, please do so. I will put more links down in the show notes. On the first part of Ouija October, I put 
links to her five-part series with a gentleman named Jean. He is the Wizard of Ouija, and they did a terrific job dispelling myths, talking about history. It was a lot of fun to watch. I've watched it a couple of times at this point. So I'm going to put all those links down in the show notes again so you can check that out if you're interested, as well as a direct link to her channel. That way you can get a little bit acquainted with her and see what she's about before she is on next week and have that anticipation level up there where it belongs. She is a ton of fun. And you know what? I mentioned this in part one. She has several videos in her channel on her little ritual and what she does to prepare before a Ouija board session. Also, if you watch through some of her videos, you'll find peppered through their different advices and episodes that she's had on how to use a Ouija board by yourself, tips, tricks, patience, a lot of good reinforcement, a lot of good positive energy. Check it out. All right. So until next week, keep a smile on your face. Keep a bounce in your step. Keep practicing that magic. Go get yourself a Ouija board so you can start chatting it up with somebody magical. And you know what? I'll catch you next week for part four of Ouija October. Bye-bye. Thanks for sticking around after the show. Oh my gosh, so many changes and so many things to tell all of you about. We are officially in rerun mode. What does that mean for you? Well, hey, if you listen on your favorite podcast app, nothing is going to change. You will always be able to go back and listen to your favorite episodes and guest spots anytime you want, just as you always have. Again, nothing will change for those of you that use your favorite podcast app. Next, the website will change a little bit. It will change to www.podpage.com slash random illusions, or you can listen directly off the host site, www.randomillusions.buzzsprout.com. Links are now in every episode show notes. Check it out. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash radio. Twitter.com slash GOST radio. If you love YouTube, don't forget to subscribe to the Random Illusions Podcast YouTube channel, the GOST radio YouTube channel, and TikTok. Don't forget to follow us there. Links are down in the show notes. Exclusively for the listener base of Random Illusions, Tim and I are going to continue our coffee.com divinations. Just let us know if you want a rune reading by Tim or a tarot reading by Shasta and what your question is. Give us about two business days and we will respond with a thorough answer to your question, giving you some insight and maybe a little inspiration as well. If you would like to follow Tim and I as we jump into our new leadership roles and all of the new projects we are presenting and working on, don't forget to hit us up, Facebook, privately, Tim Cheesebrow, Shasta Michaels, Random Illusions, or just shoot us an email at magic, M-A-G-I-C-K, at randomillusions.com, and we will send you links as to where you can keep tabs on all of our future endeavors and adventures, and hey, you may want to get involved yourself. You never know. All right, keep your eyes and ears peeled. We will be announcing when we will be back. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.